0: Hi, this week on the AI and Sales Podcast, I speak with Amit Bendoff, who is a serial company builder in the technology space. His new venture, Gong.io, is already creating a buzz in the AI conversation arena. Gong.io has developed a revenue intelligence platform that transforms conversations into currency. How? How? The system captures conversations from your texts, your emails, your telephone calls, your social media interactions, your webinars, takes that information, mines that data, and creates insights or extracts insights that you'll be able to use in your sales conversation. As Amit likes to talk about, we're moving away from anecdotal information towards data-driven information. In other words, it's scientifically based and it's gonna be highly actionable. I also talked to Amit about IO. you know, philosophy towards marketing and branding. This company really stands out in how different they are approaching the market in their look, their feel, and if you go to their website, you'll know what I'm talking about. Lastly, Amit talks about some of the current pitfalls in selling, all the while dropping some nuggets throughout the conversation, some do's and some don'ts. Now, admit how to get off the conversation very quickly at the end, so it's an abrupt ending, but in between the beginning and the end, there's a lot of great stuff that I wanna share with you. Let's jump into it. Let me begin this conversation with, you know, give me the history, uh, well, first of all, give me a little bit of background of who you are and then just kinda cruise into
1: Gong.io. Okay, so Gong is, is the fourth company that I'm uh, that I'm leading. Uh, I started my career in tech at a company called Click Software that was recently sold to Salesforce for a thing like 1.3 billion. I'm one of the one of the uh, founding team member, and uh, and I, I started in Israel, but then moved to the U.S. and and worked there for a while. Built, built the uh, North American team, uh, moved back to Israel, joined an, a company called Panaya in the ERP SaaS space. Uh, as a CMO, and then I took a CEO role uh, at a company called Sisense in the business intelligence space, and uh, all of these like have been like very successful companies, and and uh, and that's where I got the idea for Gong, which I'm I'm very excited about, obviously.
0: One of the things I have to add, you just mentioned you were CMO. One of the first things I noticed when I came across Gong, this is about I will say maybe about a year ago, is that there is certain there's a certain certain ethos to your company. Because it doesn't look like, for example, a standard website. So if you're listening to this podcast, go to gong.io and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Talk to me about, because it's a very non-corporate feel. And, you know, I watched one of your videos. Everybody's introducing themselves, walking through the office. And it was very powerful, very captivating. So although we're going to talk about AI in just a bit, give me your reason or thinking behind this branding that you've come, come up with.
1: Um, first, you know, I, I have a good partner in crime, our CMO, De you know, we work together for three companies, and, and we like creating a little bit of a havoc in the market. Uh, <laughs> most people like to play it safe, so they, they come up with stuff that people find agreeable. They get a committee, oh, just look, you know, should be round, it should be blue, and, and like, the one risk that you're taking is not being known about right so you gotta stand out and a good marketing is very polarizing with a lot of people who says that our our website doesn't look good and that, that's great mm-hmm. and you <laughs> want to polarize people if you know that you have like haters the name gone like people said oh it's bad it's negative right uh so if you look at a lot of the great companies like like virgin like who would name an airline virgin Correct. A <laughs> Good point. Okay. Uh, it, it's crazy, but that's what polarizes people. That's what gets attention. So the real risk that you're running, because there are a lot of technology companies out there, is being ignored, right? And we're not afraid of taking risks because risky is safe and safe is risky, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean.
0: I do. I do. You know, it's funny because that your whole website, the whole look, the whole feel... Uh, it, it's almost like a giant pattern interrupt because you're like, what is this? What am I looking at? You know, and but one of the things I enjoy and maybe you want to w- w- let's step in this a little bit is that some of the reports that come out, some of the data that you share, some of the information on your website, it's one of the most content rich uh, websites I've come across and it's not pretentious. You know, talk to me about the content, you know, about, you know, again, really some of the stuff that you're sharing in the market
1: today. So th- this is not like coincidence, it is very strategic to us. And we, we like, that was part of our strategy all along. So first our, our value proposition is using reality, not opinions. So there, when we started, there are like, you know, are still like over 10,000 books on how to sell. Mm-hmm. So these are all what people think, you know, very little is based on facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when sales leader, coach, or team is based on their past experience, which may or may not be relevant to their current company or definitely to the, way that they, the situation of their current company. So we wanted to show facts. People, like, for example, were obsessed with um, filler words like ooms and ums and like, right? And managers sometimes would drive people nuts with uh, what they're saying. We actually found that they have zero impact. On actual selling, so just you know, you're focusing on the wrong thing. So we published that; that was like uh, very popular. And so, opinions versus reality uh, is our, our core value proposition, and that's what we uh, we provide. And second, what we found, like Woody and I, and past companies that people don't like with like thought leadership. People want something that's like valuable, that is uh, concise, that is immediately applicable to what they do. They can use it today and is easy to consume. Yeah, I, that, That's what I, you're trying to do. Just quick, tell me something I didn't know that I could apply today, either me or my team, and I don't want to read like 13 pages. That's like, what was so popular, so there's data that people have not seen before, it is different, it's valuable, and it's easy to consume.
0: And so, so to frame the conversation, because we jumped right into the, 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 the spirit decor of what is Gong.io, and so to frame it to the listeners is that you have an intelligence platform, basically, that analyzes conversations, and within those conversations, you're mining that data for, as you say, some real hard facts. And I think your mantra on your website is always goodbye opinions, you know, hello, reality. Because I think what you say is so powerful in this, in the sense that there's so many anecdotal information, out, so much anecdotal information out of their opinions, and some right. of it's very old. I mean, some of it goes back 20, 30 years ago, and so your your conversations, after being analyzed, really, you know, again extract a lot of different insights that people can use. And I think you know, to combine both things, it's like it's scientifically based, but it's highly actionable. That's what I found about your data. Talk to me about the type of companies that you know have used your platform, and you know, walk people through the process. You know, here's a company. This is the problem. Here's how they use the platform. Here's what they found.
1: So we have. I mean, we're we're going really fast, and we're kind of like uh, scratching our eyes to see like how many companies are adopting the uh, the technologies. Like it's it's beyond our dreams. I mean, we obviously believe that this is going to be good, but you never know. Um, How good? So today I think there are about 800 companies uh, using the product, Uh, anywhere from small startups with like two guys and a dog in a garage to Mm -hmm. large companies with like thousands of of, of people um, in, in customer facing roles. Uh, Most companies would use it to capture the conversation. Uh, So Gong taps into your your email system and starts reading the emails with customers, taps into your phone system, your your Zoom meetings or WebEx meetings, and captures pretty much everything that is communicated with the customers and extracts information out of that. That information is used in in three key areas. Uh, We call them like people intelligence, Deal intelligence and strategy intelligence. The conversation itself uh, aren't super interesting because nobody is like, uh, you know, has this like sense of voyeurism and just want to listen to calls, right? They want to use it for a specific areas. So, people intelligence, if you look at the conversations and you start understand what's happening on those and you start. Um, understanding which conversations are ending in a successful outcome it means either that the people are doing very well that the wraps or that the deals are closing you can start uh getting into conclusions like how can i improve the company as a whole for example one of our customers is selling a point of sale equipment uh to smbs and gong recommended that they talk about their hardware component before the software component. Or maybe it's the other way around, I don't Mm. remember, okay? Now, and that increased win rate by 15%, one five, just these small chains flipping the order. Mm -hmm. Now, do you know what the crazy part is? Mm. Gong doesn't even understand what hardware is or what software (laughs) is, it doesn't understand business. It's just like using AI to understand that, these are the patterns that are successful mm-hmm. just like ai can beat uh, the world champion in chess correct, without even understanding the rules just running all the possibility and seeing the data so people intelligence the second part is because gong tracks the conversations it can start showing which deals are going to close and which deals aren't mm-hmm. right Because if I see an email from a customer that is saying, oh, um, I think we may need to put this project on hold, right? or the customer is not responding at all, then you know that this deal isn't on track. I mean, you might be able to save it, but it's definitely not on track, Uh, versus just relying on the very little information that is in the CRM. And the third part is more like uh, strategic um, insights that if you're launching a new product, you invest a lot in building a new product, you're counting it to make a difference in the market, you've trained your team, but you don't know if they're talking about it, if they're doing it right, and if the market is excited about Mm -hmm. uh, your new product, Gong can start tracking those conversations. It gives you like a near real-time picture of how your new product is uh, progressing in the market.
0: That's fascinating. One of the studies I read, I think, well, a couple of studies I read it's like I said, your site's very addictive because it's again, very tangible information you can use. And I think I thought, I saw one study where they talk about mentioning the competitor. If the company you're presenting to mentions your competitor within the first 10 minutes, uh, it allows you to adjust your strategy. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Cause I want people to kind of get a sense that
1: this is real tangible content intelligence that you can use. Right. I mean, that, that that's definitely a great one. Uh, most people are kind of spooked by the competitor. Oh, a deal is in trouble if they mention a competitor. Actually, that's not a bad thing. If they do talk about it, uh, there's good chances that they're serious. Actually, if they're looking at several alternatives, uh, it means that they're seriously considering buying either you or the competitor. So that, that's actually not bad. It means that they may have a budgeted project, and now you just need to differentiate versus create the business case. Uh, and second, yeah, being early is good because now you could uh, kind of like plan the conversation in mm-hmm. a way. A competitor gets towards the end of the deal is actually um, mm-hmm. uh, may or may not be a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you start adding some of this stuff up, and I think I want people who are in sales or are trying to scale their business to understand that it's it's a game of inches all the time in this business, right? And so first of all, you talk about sequence, you know, talk about the hardware and then the software, whatever the sequence. So that's sequencing. When they mention a competitor, here's kind of what you do. Here's the mind shift. So that's another right. one. I think another one I saw, which was interesting, kind of supported the challenger sale a little bit, that when they looked at conversations, people who, the salesperson actually did, most of the talking actually talked a little bit more than the actual customer, which is totally contradictory to what we often hear. Right. Let the customer talk. You know, right. talk to me about that one just a little bit, because I, I thought I thought that was another like a paradigm shift.
1: I was about to say that again, this is like opinions versus reality and your reality is different. So, and, and again, we always caution people, what we uh, publish obviously by nature is like across like a number of companies, but mm. it is very possible that your company is different. Uh, maybe you're selling like a very technical product. It does require a little more talking or maybe uh, mm. you need more questioning. You're selling to a diverse set of buyers. Uh, and And even what you do, what works well for you today may not uh, be the best thing to do six months from now because your competitors change or maybe your pricing has changed, and you need a different motion, you're selling to different kind of buyers. So um, you need to analyze constantly. Uh, what's right for your company and what's right for your company at the time, and something is by by team and product. Of, uh, there is no generality. Something is like generally true. Generally, it's true that listening uh, carefully is a good idea. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the percentage of talk versus uh, versus listen? That that could vary. I mean, if you want to know across the board, it's forty six percent. I mean, that's uh, um, that's the average. But it doesn't mean that, you know, for your company, it can't be 55. Sure. It it can vary. It can vary. And so if you're, you know, one of the things
0: I like about your company, I think it can, it can help small business owners, small, medium-sized businesses. And so walk me through, because I want, again, listeners to understand this, because there's a lot going on under the hood. I get that, right? We can get deep into AI algorithms, all those beautiful things, predictive analytics, propensity to buy and all that. But let's kind of zoom out a little bit and say that I am a small, medium-sized company because people hear this technology and they're like, that's not for me. That's not for me. I don't want to hire 20 quants, you know, scientists in the background, whatever it may be. Give give me an idea of what is, you know, the ideal client profile, somebody who should be using this. And I know that varies, but maybe kind of give me a flavor of who should be using this technology or leveraging it that's not doing it today
1: uh so first you know we sell primarily mostly to uh companies that are in b2b sales uh in north america we we have some international customers we have some b2c customer that mostly sales uh, mostly for both in uh sales but we also have customers usually we start with the sales team and then customers roll it out also to sales development reps and also to customer success and customer support. Uh, but our entry point, we should be the sales team. where There's like more complex, uh, higher value conversations. Um, we've known all along, because I came trying to scratch an itch that I had, that I wasn't understanding what's going on, and I wanted technology to give you that visibility. Um, we knew that our audience is gonna be pretty tough. It's Mm -hmm. very difficult to get salespeople to adopt anything, right? Right. Whether it's like e-signature proposals or new commission app or whatever. So Elon and I, my my co-founder, when we thought about the company, we knew that this is going to be a challenge. If we need to get people to change the process, that's going to be a hard sell. Mm -hmm. We're going to get low adoption. So we said, how can we do it in a way that... Nobody needs to do anything just you turn on the software and it just works That's still that was true like four years ago. It still is our mantra. You don't do nothing You, you don't lift a finger, right? So to give you an example, we thought okay, maybe we'll teach the the reps to say all kind of like markers similar to alexa and Siri. Hey uh, um, start of next step or hey gong um, action item Mm-hmm. or hang on pricing conversation. But we knew that we didn't want to do that, right? Because it's, it, it requires training, it requires people to take some, some action, and that's going to be an uphill battle. So we built it for people that don't have any data scientists, aren't going to do anything that you ask them. We managed, we imagine like the most cynical, um, <laughs> for some of us, with, with very short attention span. Right? that's a good place to start
0: it's a good place model. to start
1: and that's that's the that's the model so it, it's still easy you pretty much turn it on gong starts tracking all kinds of things without you having to learn keywords without you having to learn um, how to book meetings or anything It just just works that's what gets such high um, scores for my users
0: talk to me about the integration with uh, CRM's today how, do, how does that work
1: So we, excuse me. We have a two-way integration. So first, Gong will pull a lot of information for the CRM. So right now we're having um, we're having a Zoom call, for example, and you see, okay, uh, Victor, Victor Antonio, he's a lead in my CRM, and it'll start. It'll match the record, right? And if there's an active opportunity, it'll match the opportunity. So all that uh, context is being pulled. Uh, from the CRM and and match together with the conversation, whether it's being an email or a call or or a video meeting. And and in the other direction, Gong will pull a lot of information or push a lot of information back into the CRM system. For example, if we've discussed pricing or competitors, that will populate fields in your CRM system extracted from the conversations uh in near real time without the rep having to do anything mm-hmm. right so that's uh that's super mm-hmm. valuable and it's information that doesn't exist anywhere i mean most crm forms would have for example competitors mentioned but nobody puts the information in if they put it in it's incomplete and often wrong
0: yeah and, and the thing is you're you're removing a lot of the anecdotal opinion blink type of information where I think it's going to go and it's more objective. And as you, I don't know if you can answer this question, but do companies now, are they now beginning to see this type of data that you're accumulating through all these different conversations, whether email, live, voice, whatever it may be, are they beginning to finally see this as an asset? Like this, this is real data. It's an
1: asset. Do you get that feeling? Absolutely. Gone. Even though it's new, uh, it, it's now considered a must-have for everybody that uses it, and uh, almost nobody turns it off. You're like Without it, you don't know where you're going, uh, where you're flying, you're, you're flying blind, you're relying on opinions But mm-hmm. the customer-facing people are bothering to put in a CRM system, which isn't a whole lot, and now you get like totally unfiltered reality in near real time which is like you know you'd be crazy to run a business without it. I agree with you I agree I think you know
0: one of the um, one of the, the data points I saw out there and I want you to comment to this as we begin to wrap this up is that you know I think it was like three to five percent of conversations that happen face to face with a customer three to five percent of that data actually makes it into the CRM you know those and so how how can, you know, if, if the customer's listening to this right now, potential client says, well, how can I get that data? Because that's some important data also. What are some remedies for that?
1: Well, everything. So so we also record, we capture everything, all the emails, all the video recordings, all the audio recordings. So if we didn't have Gong on a call or on an email, then, you know, you'd probably go back and write, oh, it was a great, uh, great interview with a meet mm-hmm. uh, guy, right? I mean, just a few mm-hmm. words, but you know, we right. spoke about a ton of stuff. You just don't have time to put it in, but gone would link the actual conversation to the records. And then they're all searchable, right? So you could say, oh, pricing. And then it will tell you like what we said about pricing. So not a bit is lost, right? That's Correct. powerful. It's remember, it's like infinite memory. Uh, think of it like a bionic ear. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The so
0: as we're as we're pulling all this data together, uh I, I mentioned something about propensity to buy, right? You know, because one of the things we're trying to do is anticipate which deals are closer to closing, especially if you're trying to hit a number at the end of the quarter. Talk to me about how that how Gonk can help me with my propensity to buy and refocusing my sales team.
1: Well, I think one of the the problems of of uh salespeople that if they're new, they tend to have happy ears, mm-hmm. right? If someone tells that they're interested, they're excited, they create an opportunity Then they never know why that doesn't close. And the veterans sometimes, and it's not derogatory, we tend to have lazy ears, right? We cherry pick if the customer is in a sweet spot and we have enough, we might not get very excited about it. But with Gong, multiple people can chime in and see if this is a qualified deal or not and and score and and see if it's worth pursuing or not Uh, very easy use the power of the team
0: yeah is gong now incorporating uh, a lot of sentiment analysis within their company you know actually trying to extract some of that if so talk to me about that a little bit
1: yeah there there is sentiment i wouldn't say this is like the most thing that people you know think about sentiment mostly in the uh consumer B2C apps where people, you know, want to like curse the cable company or right. <laughs> in, in B2B, it's, it's much harder. Like there's not a lot of sentiment or there's right. a lot of, I mean, we're all sentimental creatures, but it's pretty laid back. Even like when people say difficult things, they don't usually raise their voice or, or things, but there are certain things that you can capture, like uh, mainly based on a text more than the, the tone itself. Got it. Got it. And
0: last question, where do you see this going? I mean, let's fast forward this, Amit. Five years from now, what's Gong gonna look like? What's Gong aiming at?
1: Well, uh, our earth is to help companies manage based on reality and and uh, get away from the opinion-based, manual data entry uh, world that we're seeing today and then for the last 30 years. So what we wanna build, we wanna make CRM autonomous, right? That you take customer facing people you take the burden of updating records away from them and then like all of a sudden Mm -hmm. everybody knows everything without anybody having to do anything that's a pretty powerful concept you just tap directly into the conversations and then you give the leadership team the information that they need to know but also the customer facing people can get better without having to lift a finger
0: i love it no, it's a, it's a, by the way, it's a great dream. The more effortless you can make it, the better. One more question, I lied. It's just because you prompted me in your statement. So, you know, you have a marketing background. So, so tie the two together for me. Or tie all three: sales, marketing, Gong intelligence, revenue intelligence. Tie those three for me from a marketing standpoint. How does that change how we market?
1: Well, I think the the most important thing uh that i would say here is first it creates alignment right because marketing is generating leads and there's often like contention oh the leads aren't good now mm. everybody can monitor the conversation there's no disagreement on what's happening just what are we doing about it so it creates mm. like much stronger alignment and then there are applications for uh for the conversation in the as a marketer, you want to use the words that the customers are using, not your, you know, we say revenue, ah. intelligence, right? Most people have no idea in the world what revenue intelligence is, right? Right now, it's still more of a slogan, but you want to, how do people think about your product, your company, or the category? And you can mine the conversation for keywords and, uh, and ideas that you can use in your, your advertising and promotions.
0: I like it. So it's almost like, again, data,
1: voice of the customer with real data to back it up. Victor, I'm so sorry. I got to jump. I got to hire one more person on the team and I'd like for an interview. Later. Thank you so much. Great talking with you. Take here. Take care. Bye-bye.